Hi guys, I'm Ofense and I'm a transformational life coach. I help perfectionists get unstuck, get their ish together and begin to live the life of, create the life of their dreams. So today I'm coming at you with cheekbones, high vibrations and part two of my story. So if you missed part one, basically what I covered was my relationship with perfectionism from when I was young all the way up until um, I left university. So basically my uni journey and how I, you know, navigated perfectionism, how it showed up and, you know, how it served me and also how it didn't serve me. And now I'm at the point where life was lifing. Like I'm at the stage of um, being an adult, being a young adult. So I just want to walk you guys through how perfectionism showed up um, in my life as somebody who had started work. Okay, so in corporate, how did it show up in corporate? How did it show up in my business? Because I also went full-time business at some point. Um, and then also how did it show up in my relationships? So how did it show up in my friendships? How did it show up in my marriage? How did it show up in my, you know, just family relationships and all of that? So um, I didn't really define perfectionism in the first um, video, but I have spoken about perfectionism quite a bit on LinkedIn. This is where I do a lot of live streams. Um, and also on Instagram, I think that's where I do the most live streams. So you better be following me on Instagram if you want to be catching me live every now and then. Just sharing some of the thoughts that come to mind whenever I am thinking of, of perfectionism and things that tips and advice that can help you on your perfectionism journey. So my personal thoughts is that perfectionism kind of never leaves you, but you can work around it and you can use it in your own favor you can hack your brain to activate it in such a way that you take that perfectionism and whatever the the, the way that the brain is 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 um working your brain is working and make that work in your favor help you to become more productive help you to become um more loving towards yourself and more just more gracious and compassionate towards yourself really so that you can begin to create the life of your dream so i've managed to live my dream life i'm happy right now i'm at the point where i'm i've experienced so much bliss along my journey i have oh I've really savored life, like savored it. It's so good. But anyways, I just want to talk you through the reality of what it was like being an early 20-something year old, entering corporate and just getting out of um, a space where my perfectionism did serve me very well. You know, straight A students were in high school, um, in university, I wasn't a straight A student, but I still do, did do relatively well. I think I got my honors with a second class pass or something like that. But it wasn't a bad, like I didn't just make it through. I, like I made it properly <laughs> on the other side. And the curriculum was actually pretty difficult because I was at the University of Cape Town, which is known to be the best university in Africa, whatever. Okay, fine. So now here I am. Okay, guys, I am here now and I am film myself. I am feeling myself i just graduated from uct um like i know that when people look at my at my cv like that's the first thing that they see and they think oh these smart kids that come from uct they're going to be doing so well in this workplace i applied um for my dream job at the time and really it was my dream job 
um, I wanted to become a merchandise planner because as I told you I didn't really want to be um, in commerce but I did it because um, it was something that was expected of me from home um, and just in general like you know I couldn't be a fashion designer because that's what I really really wanted like I really wanted to be um, designing clothes, to be drawing, to be in the fashion world, to be an editor, like to be immersed. Like there was a time in grade nine where we did a magazine project and that lit me up. Like I was so excited. I don't know where my magazine is, it's probably somewhere at home, but like every time I go and do like a little throwback and look at that, it was probably one of my proudest moments in high school. And then there was moments where we had to do like some show and tell things and talk about where, our careers and where we want to be and I really 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 wanted to be a fashion designer but because I got straight A's and all of that it was not expected so I decided to do something more normal um, and pursue actuarial sciences as you know which changed into economics and then eventually I graduated with an economics degree I'm out here carrying my economics degree into the workplace and my transcript um, and I'm applying for jobs. I think I applied for like three or four jobs, honestly, because I, there was one that I knew that I wanted. This was to be a merchandise planner in one of the leading fashion retailers in South Africa because that would help me to merge the knowledge that I had of numbers and also I'm very good at numbers. And then my passion to be around clothes, to be in fashion, to be, you know, having the lingo to speak, to dress and the way that I want to dress at work and wear shorts and wear like, you know, like fashionable things. Like I was really excited about expressing myself in that manner. So um, I applied there. They came to UCT, they came to show us the internship thing. And um, it was one of the, the, the internship uh, programs for one of the leading fashion retailers uh, if you really want to know get onto my LinkedIn but I mean really I'm not gonna divulge <laughs> but I was working here um, and then like oh and eventually I went through the interview process I got the job yay um, and then I got rejected from a couple of jobs but I didn't really care because I didn't want to work for them I wanted to work for my dream job and I managed to get it after seven interviews and four months of back and forth back and forth back and forth had a lot of potential, right? Lot of potential. Because of course, I'm a perfectionist. Like, I, I, I want to do things to the max. I get in. Um, the first couple of months or weeks are, are really, really great. Um, as I hit the ground running, um, it works for me. Because the way that onboarding happens in internships is very much like school. You learn, you do, you learn, you do, you learn, you do. There's a right way, there's a wrong way. And if you get it right, that's great. So obviously, slotted right in, ran, did it. That lasted a couple of months, okay? I went over the probation period and then I found myself in this place where I was like, okay, now I'm settled, that's great. The probation period, funny enough, was actually nine months. So I was there for nine months um, in, in, in the, like, doing excellent, like, girl. When I say excellent, I mean excellent. Like, we had all these projects that we had to submit every now and then i think at that point it was a project every two months um in the while learning so i, I was really excellent at learning when it comes to learning ah baba number one i mean that's what i was trained to do so i'm learning i'm learning i'm learning then applying 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 learn 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 apply 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 and there's only one right way to do it so i'm getting everything right 
um my my second project like i was literally trailblazing i'm pretty sure even now my projects are being used as examples <laughs> and it's been almost 10 years um but i was trailblazing i was getting hella creative pulling from different aspects i think one of my favorite projects was when i used the periodic table to explain the buying cycle or the buying process and i came in dressed like a little scientist and i had like little science experiment things going on i had bought like snacks i remember the strawberries very very significantly i bought strawberries and i put them in the middle of the boardroom and the whole boardroom was smelling like strawberries but like the whole place was set up like immediately the first impression that my managers had was like this girl is slaying it like she is killing it like she's killing the damn game um, and that's the impression that everybody had of me like oh my gosh she has so much potential so much potential so much potential and then month 11 12 rolls around where we had to do the final project and this project was very much real life project it had nothing to do with creativity it had nothing to do with the school like element they basically wanted to see can you be a planner can you do can you do it can you do it right i get in first of all i'd already like started crumbling you know over over the period <laughs> i'd already started crumbling a little bit because of course i was doing things at the last minute i'd never miss a deadline but i would be so stressed out um when it came to the execution of these projects and i'd do brilliant i'd do brilliantly well and my mentor would just be like girl what is your problem like what's going on like you're like I don't know like there's something that's not okay with the way that you're approaching this and of course it wasn't healthy but um it was the only way that i knew how to survive or it's the only way that i knew how to do things um that's when she raised the flag but um she she didn't raise it like all the way up she was just like dude just watch yourself like the way that you're handling yourself right now is not conducive i think she knew because of course she probably had already experienced burnout in her um seven year tenure at that point so uh, here I am living um, my, my best at the time. It's time to be a planner now. Ah, the project comes. I'm feeling very nervous. I feel nervous in front of every, in, before every project. And I'm busy trying to do this thing and I completely flop, like I fall on my entire face and I cannot for the life of me do anything right I am struggling and the teachers not the teachers the my managers can see that mm -mm, offense is not all the way together here something's wrong so they're like you know what we can see that you you know you generally do very well like you generally do over and above because like on the scale it was a one to seven scale normally I get like a six or a seven out of that um, whereas the average person gets a four or five and it's okay you can move on with a four or five um, and I was giving two bruh i was giving two three vibes you know in that session and they gave me a chance and and and, uh, and i was like okay fine guys please can you give me another chance let me just rework this again and i think what hit me or what made it hardest for me was the fact that i had to um think on my feet in this in this exam type thing and it was and there was no right or wrong answer it was you just need to do something and explain why you did it because ultimately the portfolio is mine and when i become a merchandise planner i'm the one who has to set up 
how many units go here, how many units go there, what units are we buying more of, what units are we buying less of, um, and what styles are doing well, how do you apply a sale, all of those things, like the nitty gritty background things to make sure that we optimize and make sure that most stock moves out, we have a lot of turnover and we don't overbuy the wrong things and we don't underbuy the right things, right? So all of that flop, disaster, oh my god. Um, they give me a second chance, I get a flop. Not as bad as a flop, maybe I maybe it's like giving three, four vibes, not not six, seven, right? That really killed my confidence. And at the same time, here I am. Okay, married one year to my first husband and it was a very uh, uh, cool like first year of marriage that was bliss it was nice I mean not really I can say bliss in the sense that it, even though I was super domesticated and doing everything and like doing like all the hard work to be the perfect wife um, I, I didn't it didn't it didn't weigh heavily on me because he was also being the perfect husband um, in the sense that he was he was studying his honors and he was doing his thing so the way that Perfectionism showed up in my marriage was that I wanted to be Miss Proverbs 31. I wanted to do all the things, right? I would wake up in the morning early, um, make him breakfast, or make him breakfast, make him lunch, um, run our bath, then we bath, and then we um, then send him off to work, and then I finish off my morning routine and go to work, come back in the evening. He comes back before me, so I'd find him at home. And then I would um, start dinner, prep that, serve him on a tray, um, and then that was our cycle, right? I mean, he was studying the whole time, right? So in the evenings that he wasn't studying, then maybe we would go out and watch TV, because we didn't have a TV in our house, okay? We'd go to a bar to watch TV, <laughs> or go to a friend's house to watch TV. So that, one, that was working for me and I would clean in the morning or in the afternoon or on the weekend. I didn't have a nanny, it was fine, it was working for me, it was okay. The only time that it started crumbling was when my performance at work was also falling. Um, and now here I am in a position where I want to be perfect wife, um, but I also have a job to do. And my job is getting increasingly more difficult and more challenging because it's becoming more real. And this side, I'm still having to be Proverbs 31, perfect wife. But he's done studying now. We bought a TV and he's sitting his ass in front of this TV every day. And that triggered me to the max because I'm like, can't you see that I'm trying to work this out and I'm trying to work this out and I'm doing the most and you're doing nothing. And that's kind of where the issues kind of began. We eventually got somebody to clean, um, but still it was still the mental load was on me to tell her exactly what to do. So it was almost like I was doing two jobs. It was a lot, okay? And I was just starting to crumble emotionally in that space because I really wanted to have this perfect life and it was it was not working. I was struggling with anxiety, I was burning out, I probably was totally burnt out, super overwhelmed. Um, I had a, a massive amount of all or nothing thinking um, and it was like either it's perfect or it doesn't get done um, and that showed up also in the way that I presented myself in the marriage because also it, it, I literally started not doing things like there was things that I just cut off at some point because I was just like look if I'm not gonna be appreciated or there was a lot going on there was a lot <laughs> um and and yeah man I I really struggled with a lot of self-doubt and it was hard and I remember that time mentally I, I think I was carrying the biggest load 
Um, and the only point of reprieve came when we had to move to Johannesburg because he got a job in Johannesburg and I had like one month of no responsibilities, right? So because he moved a month before me and in that month, oh my God, I felt like a million bucks. I felt like a person, like I felt so good. Um, and I think that was really just one of the moments where I, I could see that um, I'm maybe taking on a little bit too much. Okay, so so that's how it, it, it showed up in my um, marriage relationship. Oh, another story that I have of how perfectionism killed one of the friendships that I had in my first job. Like, I, I, I'm the type of person who loves to celebrate people. So there was this lady, or this girl, yes, we were all young, um, who was in the internship program with me. And she celebrated me on my birthday. She bought me these really cute earrings because I love earrings, right? So when it came around to my birthday, she bought me these really cute earrings and she bought me something else, like really cute. Um, and I was so appreciative and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe that you bought me this. Like you're the only one that bought me a gift. And like, you're so cute and you're so sweet. Ah. But then when her birthday came around, I think it was like a month or two later, I really wanted to like top that. But I was broke. <laughs> so what ended up happening, instead of me just getting her something to show her that I was thinking of her, I wanted to get the perfect gift. And I really like self-sabotaged or sabotaged that relationship and that friendship. And it literally went to nothing because I didn't get, I couldn't afford what I wanted to get. And so I didn't get anything at all, you know, all or nothing thinking once again. Um, and that, that, kind of, that dynamic kind of played itself out in, in the way that I had related with people, especially people whom um, my mind, you know, viewed as better than me. I don't know, guys, I'm really being vulnerable over here and I'm just it's vocalizing and explaining it the way that it had manifested in my own mind. So people that I had viewed as better than me. Um, and not necessarily that they were better than me, but it's just how I viewed them. Whereas in a, another dynamic where I had found people that I subconsciously thought I was better than um, when I was a manager at some point later in my career, um, I found it easier to just give people gifts and to build those relationships and all of that. Like I, I didn't have a lot hanging on because it was easy and it, it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't a hard challenge for me to to do that whereas I felt like the people that were a little bit more superior than me I needed to pl please them I don't know it was difficult so that's how the perfectionism showed up in my relationships later on after the internship I actually never ever got a promotion in that job um, because of this perfectionism and the way that it showed up and I think they kind of freaked out and they were like ah we probably hired wrong um, and it took three years for me to realize that this is not going anywhere um, and so uh, I transitioned to the manage management position. Um, it wasn't a promotion. I still had the same salary. I had still had the same um, basic response. Not basic. I had the same salary, but the responsibilities changed, and my job was much much easier. It was just physically hard because I was in um, stores now at this point, and I was managing uh, a bunch of people. Um, but that was easy for me uh, because I. I feel like I'm really good with people, right? Um, and I and I and I really enjoyed um, that aspect of having to hire people and you know build the team, motivate people, 
all of that. I feel like I was, I'm a great leader. And so that's why it wasn't hard for me to engage in that. So I did. And um, I had to leave that job within a certain time period because I had a probation. And if I didn't leave before the probation, I would have lost my um, pension fund. So I decided to leave at that point. And when I left, <laughs> I got... Um, uh, into business, right? I got into business and I started my Taji Holdings. I'd already started Taji Holdings when I was still living in Cape Town and I moved to Joburg and I was kind of building it in the background as a side gig and then I moved into it full time at the end of 2016 when I left that previous job to save my pension fund. Complicated matter. Um, <laughs> and so, ah, guys, yo being a perfectionist and trying to build a business extreme sport um marketing is my gift like i'm very good at that that pr gifted very good at that so on the surface when you looked at my business it looked like it was super 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 successful it looked like i was doing well i was hitting all the right spots I was, you know, speaking to all the right people, I was in magazines, I was on TV, I was on radio, I was in all these different spaces where I was um, talking about my business and stuff. And I was making sales, it's not like I wasn't making sales, of course I had customers, um, and hundreds of customers, but of course because this is a, a, a small, um, uh, like Taji is not a... It's not something that you sell for a thousand dollars a pop, right? <laughs> it wasn't that expensive. So, like, if you have hundreds of customers, it's not, you know, you're not making that much money. Um, but I, d I did what I did and I did. You know, I grew the business the way that I did within my mind's limitations. And I think the biggest challenges were having so much time. Because I used to think that I didn't have enough time to run the business. Having so much time and absolutely no excuse for not being able to work on the business, right? So the challenge there was procrastination. I was procrastinate, girl, I was the princess, no, the queen of the procrastination. Honey, I was the queen. And I procrastinated on very important tasks, but I did a lot of busy work. Like I was on top of any interviews, any PR, any marketing, any tweaks on the Instagram page, any tweaks on the website, but nothing that was really needle moving or income generating per se in a massive way. For example, creating a business plan that would be able to release some funding from the government so that I could build my business, you know? Um, all of that. I feel like the only funding that I got was for like a gazebo and it wasn't, it wasn't much. It was for a gazebo and a table and, and some chairs so that I can display when I go to the markets and stuff. But at the markets, I wasn't even making a lot of money. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it took, it, it, the thing is I was really afraid and, I, and it was going to take so much courage for me to be able to um, make decisions and move forward and be rejected and be shown up and be shown that I can fail you know and I hated um, failure like I really really was afraid of failure and so I didn't take a lot of risks in the business um, and I did everything that was within my comfort zone and that's how perfectionism showed up and eventually I had to get back to corporate because the business wasn't supporting me um, and I mean magically I manifested such a brilliant corporate job 
I had been doing a lot of self-development work in the background as well. I had a couple of breakthroughs. I really leaned into who I was at my essence and uh, through a beautiful, you know, series of serendipities, I met people that, you know, helped me elevate and get into the corporate space that I was in. Loved my corporate job. Love, love, love it with my whole loved it with my whole heart i fit in like a glove into the team i was contributing i was adding value i was really growing um and and again it was because it was a management training program that i was onboarding into before i became an actual salesperson so in the management training portion of the program i did amazing once again best in the game best in the game dedicated um, yes, I did things at the last minute. Yes, I did succumb to procrastination, but I really did add a heck of a lot of value and I did a, little, a lot of good learning. Um, I was growing as a person um, as well and overcoming some of the elements of procrastination and the elements of overwhelm and handling all of those emotions. And it really helped that I had a manager that was um, supportive and really helpful in that particular journey of mine. And so it was um, brilliant. Like I really loved being in that particular job. Um, and even when I switched over to being full-time, uh, like in the sales portion of it, that was probably where my procrastination, not procrastination, my perfectionism came up the most or flared up the most because now it moved from school portion to real life portion. And whenever real life, <laughs> is real lifing that's when i would see myself um create plans and not stick and not follow through procrastinate on um simple tasks but that require a lot of courage such as maybe making a big phone making a phone call to a big shot business person somewhere in africa right um eventually i mean i managed to do a whole lot of great things within the role but i don't think i i, I fulfilled my entire potential because I really did struggle with the pro pro procrastination. Of course, my breakthrough came through when I realized um, what was holding me back and, uh, and working on those specific elements of self-trust um, and working from a place of not feeling guilty, working from a place of um, self-acceptance, self-compassion, love, peace. And that's what led me to wanting to um, help people that are struggling with perfectionism, especially in corporates or even in their own business, um, get out of their own way because I know and I can and I've seen how I've gotten in, into my own way along the way. So, guys, that's my story. I will definitely be sharing more. This is a self development podcast, um, you know, video series, uh, and I definitely do want you to know that you're not alone. I'm here to help you along the way and I'm excited and looking forward to sharing more of my journey and making sure that um, I, I pour as much as I can into you and help you, uh, you know, deal with this whole perfectionism thing. Thank you so much for watching. I love you. See you or chat to you next time.